This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Covered in Pet Hair, a boozy show for pet lovers on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Isabel alvarez Arada, and today I have the pleasure of having a drink and a chat with a holistic cat therapist. I'll tell you all about her and what that even means as soon as we come back from these messages from our sponsors. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Covered in Pet Hair. I'm your host, Isabel alvarez Rada, and today I have the pleasure of having a drink and a chat with a pet parent, a holistic cat therapist. She's a cat coach and behaviorist, a cat communicator, and a Reiki master. She's co-author of the book, The Aromatic Cat. She's an intuitive, a foodie, and a coffee lover. She loves to cuddle her cats while she's watching Marvel films. She was born and raised in Plymouth, which is in Southwest England. She's wife to Rob, cat ma to Leo and Max, and she's the founder of Naturally Cats. Her name is Julianne Thorne. Welcome, Julianne. It's so great to have you on the show. Thank you. I am so thrilled to be here, Isabel, and to connect with all your community. It's going to be great fun. I agree. It's going to be wonderful. And I have so many questions for you because I have so many questions about herbs and cats because most of us are told they're a no-no. So before we get into all that, I want to introduce our drinking game today. Anybody participating at home, when you hear this word, the secret word is garden. Make sure you take a drink of whatever it is you're enjoying, but please be sure you're over 21 in the US. What is the drinking age in the UK? 18. 18 in the UK and of age, wherever it is you're joining us from, please never drink and drive and always drink responsibly. And even if you're having tea, you can always play along. So what are you having tonight, Julianne? I've got a glass of Pinot Grigio. Ooh, I'm a Pinot Grigio girl too. It just (laughs) pairs well with everything. It's refreshing. Mm-hmm. I am actually having something that I've never had before. My husband, like I was telling you, is home today. He's teleworking so that I could do this interview with you. And the kids are on spring break. So that's why he's home. But he made time to make me a big city cat, which is kind of a variation on a Manhattan. And somehow there is gin in here, sweet vermouth and bitters. Uh, oh. And it's actually very strong for my time of the day. But uh, cheers to you. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for having me. That sounds like a great drink. (laughs) It's actually really nice. It's surprising because I don't usually like gin with anything but tonic, but this is delicious. You've done a good job. 
Husband yes, did well. good job, husband. Good job. All right. So <laughs> the first game I want to play with you is actually named after your book, The Aromatic Cat. I always introduce the show with a game because it gets us started, warmed up for our conversation. Are you ready to play The Aromatic Cat? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Wonderful. First question. Who was your co-author and how did you all meet? Co-author was Nayana Morag and we met because I reached out to her. I read her first book and I asked if she would do a Facebook live with me and she did. And then we got in touch a few weeks later and she asked me to co-author the book with her. Fabulous. How amazing. That is so cool, guys. Every time you get a hunch to reach out to a like-minded person, do it because then these amazing partnerships can come from that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was amazing. It was universally defined. It was just, it was great. Really good. I love that. That is awesome. So who is your book written for specifically? It's written for cat guardians, pet parents, people that think that essential oils are bad for cats. So we basically wrote it so that we would bust those myths. We would help people understand how they could use essential oils safely and herbs and hydrosols, you know, all botanical remedies safely with their cats at home by themselves. You can do courses and learning, but actually sometimes you just want to give it a go. And that's exactly what the book was for, for people that want to support their cats and try botanical remedies. Everything you need to know is in the book. Perfect. So you kind of already answered this question, but just so that I'm very specific, what exactly falls under the word aromatics? Okay, so we, in the book, we covered essential oils, dried herbs, hydrosols, and a few powders, mineral powders. So like clay, spirulina, you know, a couple of a couple of powders. So those are what we call remedies. Those are what we call aromatics. That's our, our definition of it. So we tried to cover as many things as we could. Awesome. Perfect. How do cats feel about these aromatics? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, Isabel. They love them. And the transformation that I've seen when I'm working with cats is just phenomenal. It is. It's amazing. It really is. You know, one of the things that I learned from some of the interviews you've done and some of the reading I did on your website and your Instagram is something called self-selecting. Can you Mm -hmm. tell me what that means? Yeah, so self-selection is basically where animals can pick and choose the remedies that they need. They can go to herbs and plants and flowers or, or muds or clays and they know what to do with their body and and how to do it so for example like parrots they will get a certain type of dust like a certain type of clay put it underneath their wings to get rid of mites so with cats if they have access to it they will pick and choose which remedies to work with so because we've domesticated our cats and brought them inside that's why we wrote the book to help people bring these remedies and things into the home because if your cat was able to go outside they would brush past a rose bush and they would inhale the scent molecules of the rose and it would calm their limbic system their nervous system but because cats a lot of them are indoor or they don't have access to things outside they can't do that so it's basically an animal's innate mechanism to know what it needs to heal that's what self-selection is I love that. That speaks to me so much. There's a consent aspect of that, right? Like where they are choosing to take this in. It's also them listening to their own body. Who knows their body better than the person or cat or dog? I love that so much. So in what ways other than the self-selecting, which you described as placing something in front of them so they can choose what is placed in front of them and what ways are these aromatics displayed or offered or prepared great question so that really is about what does your cat need 
So I always start with dried herbs because they, in terms of concentration and strength, they are the softest, the gentlest, their energy is really light. So in terms of concentration, you've got dried herbs at one end of the scale and essential oils at the other because they are heavily concentrated. So for me, when it's I use dried herbs to start with and I put down a towel or a blanket in a lovely quiet space in the home and put a good pinch of a dried herb. So for example, like we all know most cats like catnip. So let's use that as an example, mm-hmm. but you can use so many others. You put a really good pinch in one corner and then, you know, a couple in the others and you let the cat do what they need to. They may rub and roll around. They may lick at it. They may just sit quietly. That's how you use the herbs. For the hydrosols, it's again, generally about putting it in a saucer and you offer it. So the cat may sniff it. They may lick it. They may just be near it. It really depends what they need, how chronic their issues are, what kind of emotional state they're in. Or if it's essential oils, there's two ways that I would use it. So one is with the lid on. So you've got the bottle in your hand and you offer it to the cat. So if my microphone was the cat, you know, it's like, I don't know, a hand width or two away. And the other way is that you put one single drop of essential oil onto a piece of fabric and put it on the floor. Because then you can, again, let your cat choose whether it needs to sit a meter, two meters away from it, whether they need to sit on it, whether they need to inhale it, whether they need to lick the piece of fabric, they will do whatever they need to if you let them. So you're absolutely right. The point you made before, self-selection and using remedies is all about giving the cat a choice. And when you do that, you give them a voice. So you'll hear me say giving cats a voice is my mission. And I know it's probably one of your questions, but I can't help it. I am so passionate about helping people to see that cats can choose and cats can show you if you just give them the opportunity to do so. there. <laughs> I love that so much. I actually got chills when you said giving cats a choice is giving cats a voice. And I believe that with all of our companion animals. I believe that when we include them in the training, nutrition, decisions that we're making, they thrive. When it's just us imposing, it's almost like a, you know, a battle between us and whatever their will is, their natural will, right? So tell me, I did some Googling on you and I saw that you made the news a lot a couple years ago for leaving your full-time job to become a full-time cat therapist. So tell me, how did that transition happen? Oh my God, I was so scared. (laughs) I was so nervous. I was in the corporate world for years, absolutely years, my current job for 12 years. And my soul, my spirit was trying to tell me that there was more, that I was meant for more. So I started to get physical discomfort. And after my third period of long-term sick, I had to listen to my body and the fear of staying in this job and, and being uncomfortable and not enjoying it was was more than leaving. So I decided to jump off the cliff, not not literally, obviously, you know, people <laughs> metaphorically and take the plunge and quit the job and throw everything I had at Naturally Cats. And it was about four weeks after I left my corporate job that my co-author Nayana got in touch and asked me to write the book with her. So if ever there's a sign from the universe or if ever you're doubting yourself, do it, people. Have faith and know that the universe will provide for you because that's that's what happened. No, no word of a lie. Yeah. So what exactly were you doing in the corporate world? Just curious. Yeah. So I worked for what we would call a company that looks after land. So we deal with like house deeds and and uh, register, you know, finance on the home and things like that. And I was in a project space within that kind of government department. Is the oh, my goodness. Yeah. That was a very big <laughs> very <change>. different. <laughs> 
Sure. Yes, absolutely. So how long have you been working with aromatics, herbs, uh, holistic approaches? Probably about eight years as in being fully trained in it. But with my own cats, it's been as long as I've been a cat mum, because, okay. you know, my previous cat, my, my baby, my baby girl pickle, she inspired me to create naturally cats because we weren't getting the approach, the care that I wanted. You know, it was one treatment, one symptom in, in this space and one treatment, one symptom in this space. So she led me to train in all the different modalities that, that I am. I'm trained in now. So, you know, I think it's always been a part of me to look at the, a bigger picture, to look for more. You know, I'm always looking for like self-improvement. I'm always reading self-improvement books and, you know, always learning more. So it's always been there. But to put a number on it in terms of helping other people with their cats, I'd say about eight years. Oh, my goodness. So what inspired you to focus on maybe it looks like you focus on more so like the herbals, these kinds of things versus maybe behavior or Reiki. So what inspired you to focus on that? Do you think there's just a big need for it? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And I have to say like the skills that I share with people in my community, it really kind of varies. It's like waves. You know, so when I left my corporate job, I called myself a behaviorist, you know, I'm a qualified behaviorist, mm -hmm. cat behaviorist. And that's what I was focusing on. But as my, I don't know, my self-belief, I think, to be honest, has evolved I've been able to speak more openly about my capacity to connect with the cats and use the other modalities. So when I left my job, I decided to set up an online shop for the dried herbs because when I trained with, with my tutor, oh crikey, however many years ago, in remedies, when I first saw a cat on a herb garden, so that's the dried herbs on the blanket or the towel, my jaw just hit the floor. I was I don't know, you know, you have those moments where you're just like, what on earth? Oh my goodness, you know, your world is just rocked. And to see a cat using the, the herbs and how how relaxed and how healed they were, I wanted to give it, I wanted to make more people aware, you know, to, to say to people, did you know that your cat can do this? Did you know that if you just put down some dried chamomile and some dried rosebuds and some, you know, catnip and valerian, your cat will be so happy. It just, there was like something in my being to say, you've got to share this wider. You've got to tell more people. So yeah, that's why I've kind of focused on herbs because it's so simple and it's so effective. Anyone, literally anyone can do it. That is so cool. I need to take a break right now, but I, when we come back, I'm going to ask you all the reasons pet parents contact you to help them and how the herbs do that. So don't go anywhere, friends. We will be right back with Julianne and all these naturally cat remedies as soon as we come back from these messages from our sponsors. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet <laughs> 
Welcome back to Covered in Pet Hair. I'm your host, Isabel alvarez Arada, and today I'm speaking to Julie M. Thorne, who is the founder of Naturally Cats. And she is the guru of opening up your cat's lives to a garden full of herbs that will help them thrive in ways you never imagined. So now we're going to play a game, Julianne, and we're going to play a game called Cat Therapy because we all need therapy. Let's be honest. We all need something from the earth to help us calm down, soothe ourselves, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Cats are no exception, right? (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to give you a list of behaviors that cats may display. And you're going to tell me how you would approach it if I were a pet parenting pet parent bringing this situation to you. Are you ready to play? Cool, let's do it. Yeah, definitely. All right. So first one is very common and it actually leads to a procedure that I detest that should be outlawed in all of the world. A cat is scratching inappropriately. <laughs> that procedure you mentioned, I agree with you, completely should be banned and outlawed. It is barbaric. So if the cat is scratching inappropriately. So my first, so I have, oh, my, my head is just like firing like 20 million thoughts right now. Okay. So. None of these, I'm sure that none of these are that simple that you could just be like this herb, but let's try to see, I guess, your top approaches. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thank you for helping me narrow it down. <laughs> yes. Because I'm sure this is all very complex. Yeah. So my first thought would be behavior work, first of all, and then remedies. So behavior work is you need to redirect it to a more appropriate place. So, you know, if it's on the sofa, which is where a lot of cats will scratch, you know, let's look at that. And cats will always scratch. That's what they do. They need to scent mark their territory and they've got Mm -hmm. scent markers on their pads, on their feet. So get them, you know, direct the behavior to a scratching post. People don't know this, but if you rub your hands up and down a new scratching post and you put your scent on it, because our hands have got sweat glands, you know, we've got our own scent. If you like three or four times a day, stroke this new cat post, the cat will eventually come over and start to scratch it because it wants to mix its scent with your scent. Yep, absolute fact. So the more you scent mark the, the new scratching post, the more the cat will come over and want to do it. And when it does it, lots and lots of positive reinforcement, treats, verbal praise, cuddles, whatever works for your cat. That would be step number one. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. I've never heard that before. I love that approach. All right. Yeah. A cat is fighting with his or her housemates, other cats. Where do you go from there? So my first thought would be herbs for this one. Yeah, definitely. So I would be looking at calming, relaxing herbs. So generally, if there's aggression in the home, there's usually like an overstep of boundaries. You know, there's not enough territory or there's not enough resources. But before you look at any of that, you need to get the cat's anxiety down because their aggression, their reactivity is because they are feeling stressed. So my go-to would be valerian. It smells like sweaty feet, but it is an absolute, it is my top top herb. It, It is selected by cats so much more than catnip. So it would be valerian root in one corner, chamomile in the other, just like humans have chamomile tea, it's calming for our nervous system, exactly the same for cats. Calendula, or sometimes called marigold, that helps to boost self-confidence. So if your cat is feeling timid and it's reactive aggression, it will help to, to soothe them and calm them down. And the other would be, actually would be dried hops. So the same thing that's made with beer for beer obviously you know try to get organic for all of these where possible so they're not treated and don't have any chemicals on them but hops helps to reduce testosterone so even if you've got a fixed cat male or female 
if you put hops, it has a calming effect on the hormonal system of the cat. So those would be my four, my four herbs for aggression. Yeah. Wow. I must be part cat because in my house, we definitely use valerian. We definitely use chamomile and we definitely use calendula for everybody. And of course we drink beer. So we are part cat here for sure. Love it. We respond well to all those remedies. All right. Next one is actually pretty common and kind of scary. The cat is dying to escape, trying to get out of the house by any means possible. Very, like you said, very, very common. So I would probably do a mixture of herbs and behavior. You so if a cat is trying to get out, it could potentially be because they're bored. So the more enrichment you can bring into the home, the better. High levels, hidey spaces, you know, puzzle feeders, um, electric toys. If you're at work, anything you can do to help the cat find its own environment stimulating, you know, that would be something that could help. And then secondly, would be probably angelica root as a herb because it's very and uh, rosebuds. Both of them are very nurturing. So again, if the cat's trying to get outside it wants more it's got a drive to have more stimulation or, or it needs more so if you offer the nurturing herbs it's going to help kind of give it a hug calm it down give it love you know and actually bringing that love into its sort of into its heart space into its environment i reckon would help that's so cool cats want to be fulfilled just like we do don't they absolutely oh my goodness yes yes right? yes yes i believe that for sure so cats being finicky about their food how would you approach that you got to take it slow. Cats, cats are, as we call it, pernickety with their food. But actually, do you know what? It's part to do with self-selection. So part of it is because they're looking at it or sniffing the food. It might be, you know, slightly, it might not be fresh. So if bacteria start to grow, it can smell it and it won't want to eat it. It could be because they need variation. So they need other minerals and vitamins from other brands, other flavors, other proteins. So it's not as straightforward as just, you know, leaving it down until the cat eats it because cats won't, won't eat it. They, mm-hmm. they, their innate mechanism to put the best into their body is actually will override their hunger. So the best thing I would suggest would be to have patience and take a deep breath. It would be for the human, this one, you know, it would be <laughs> just take a moment to think, to let go of your frustration. I've been there like literally the last 24 hours with my new kitten. <sighs> take a deep breath and think, right, okay, you know, let's let go of my my need to make him eat my need to eat this flavor and let's take a step back so that would be my advice that would be take a step back and just try one thing at a time you know try not to put too much pressure on yourself as a cat mum or a cat dad to do the right thing and at the end of the day whatever food you can get in them that's what's important that really really is the key that is what is important so just take a step back take a deep breath and see where you can go from there I love that. I love relating that back to the self-selection process. Like we definitely need to listen to what our cats are telling us. They know their bodies best. Yes. All right. The cat is not using their litter boxes. Mm. Very, very complicated. Yeah. Gross, frustrating, complicated. Mm -hmm. So again, it kind of, do you know what this this is brilliant because you've brought all of the answers to the last few into one. (laughs) It would be take a deep breath you know and again get out the house right so when when this is happening our frustration and anger and our emotions will impact the issue and make it worse you know so as humans we've got to take a step back and come to it from a place of compassion and think okay my cat is trying to tell me something I might not know what it is I might not understand my cat is trying to tell me something so come at it from that perspective rather than for goodness sake would you just use the litter tray let go of that anger and try to find compassion and then I would say Wherever the cat is weeing, put a litter tray there if you can. 
if it obviously if it's on the bed not perhaps such a good idea but if you can have it there during the day and then take it off at night you know the cat obviously feels safe wherever it's urinating or, or doing a poo so look at why your cat feels safe in that space and if it's a question of they do it when a certain person comes over put herbs down you know herbs will really really help obviously get the vet check done to make sure there's no physical issue always a first port of call always a first port of call but in terms of you know any guardians trying to help their cats take a deep breath put extra litter trays around in the places that the cat is going and then put down some herbs so any of the ones I've mentioned so far would be great any calming any nurturing would all help In, in a very broad term no that's really great I mean look when somebody's desperate those three starting points are salvation really the last one i have for you is actually i was a professional pet sitter for a really 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 long time i have seen cats really stressed out when their families leave and leave them behind especially a cat that's not used to having a pet sitter hasn't developed a relationship with their caregiver and their parents or their families are gone so what do you recommend when a cat is showing signs of stress whether it be during a travel a pet sitter situation or just a generalized anxiety stress situation yeah our emotions in that um, moment make a huge difference. So again, deep breath or walk away, whatever you can do. So if you're there as a pet sitter, you can't necessarily walk away, but take a deep breath, just sit down, sit quietly and just literally calm and, and ground yourself. Three deep breaths I find works a dream <laughs> in many, many occasions. Um, so take a deep breath and if the, and, and try to talk lovingly to the cat. If you're in the car, for example, you know, when we're doing a vet visit, our human anxiety will go up and up and up. Again, had this recently myself. So I know that I've got to be aware of how I am and how I'm dealing with the cat and what I'm giving out to the cat. So secondly, I would say my nurturing remedy is rose. And whether you use rosebuds, again, organic if possible, so they're not treated, especially rose and lavender because they're usually perfumed. Mm -hmm. So organic if you can, rosebuds. And if you can't get hold of the dried herb, you know, use the hydrosol, which is like a halfway house between the dried herb and the essential oil. It comes about when you distill essential oil. So it's kind of part water, part essential oil. And you could, again, put it on a tissue or a piece of fabric. You could put it underneath the blanket of the carrier, providing it's not too strong. If you're in a pet sitting situation, they could leave a herb garden down. You could spray the hydrosol on your legs as you walk into the house. I've done that with many clients, many reactive cats. As I walk in, they smell my feet first and they smell catnip water or rose water. And you can literally see them take a breath and they're like, okay, so you're not so much of an interloper. I will accept you in my territory. It's been amazing. I tell you, your face. Yeah. It's, oh my it's gosh. I wish you all could see my faces when I speak to these <laughs> amazing people giving me all of these amazing insights. I am, I mean, I wish I had known this when I was walking into these aggressive cat situations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had a situation where I was, when I was training with a feral mum, she had kittens. She was horrendously reactive. She wouldn't let the rescue center to go anywhere near her they were just pushing bowls in because they couldn't get in and we put we managed to squeeze the herb garden through the doors which obviously was a bit muddled but there were herbs there the and then the rescue worker went in 20 minutes later with frankincense water and rose water on each leg she put them her like kind of leg through the gap in the door you saw the feral mum feral mum right 
take a massive deep breath and she just turned around and went to clean her kittens so the rescue worker then walked into this room collected up all the dirty bowls scooped the litter tray and walked out up until that point they'd not been able to get in the room i, um, I mean herbs and yes. herbs and floral waters that's what it did phenomenal that's amazing okay so obviously you are amazing at what you do <laughs> a wealth of knowledge so explain to me when you call yourself a holistic cat therapist what do you mean so I left my corporate job and called myself a behaviorist because that's what I thought people would understand. And the more I've worked with people in the last, like I said, two years since I left my job, but 18 months, really, I realized that it's not, that's not just, you know, that's one thing. A beha- behavior is one tool. Mm-hmm. So for me, obviously cat, because I'm trained in everything cat, you know, I don't have any dog experience. You know, you can use the stuff I use with dogs, but I'm not trained to do that. So it's not safe to advise. Right. And holistic, because for me, there is no other there's no other way mm-hmm. uh, and I've had that myself with my baby girl we had years years of to and for the vets and to and for specialists and things and we just never got her well so for me holistic is about the physical the mental the emotional and the spiritual which people are coming more and more you know raising their awareness of which is just well, warms my heart so that was the holistic part obviously the cat part self-explanatory and then the therapist is because like you said we all need therapy mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, mm-hmm. but it's really about when you go to therapy you have have someone help you understand don't you you know yourself yes. the issues that you're dealing with what's going on in your life and that's what I do so I'm the therapist for the cat but actually what I do is reconnect them to their human I help to awaken and educate their human and that is where the true growth and the true healing is because when the cat mum or dad realizes that their cat is individual and you know it's not doing things to annoy them or you know there are some things they can do to help or you know the messages that kind of come like with the communication part that you see like this lightness come to the human and they see their cat differently and that's that's what I'm about. So I might use behavior tools. I might use remedies. I might use some healing or a communication session. It doesn't matter which tool it is. It's about helping the guardian to really see the unique and sentient, sensitive being that is their cat. Oh my gosh. It's like couples counseling for pet parents and their pets. I love it because it's so true. We bring these animals into our lives. We expect them to act a certain way. Like if we had any other relationship where we had those expectations, we would be sorely disappointed by the outcome. Oh yes. Oh yes. And if we were saying to humans, I want you to be this way. I want Mm -hmm. you to give me cuddles. I want you to wee when I want you to eat, eat when I say you should eat. Could you imagine like another human would be like, uh, I don't think so. Thank you very much. That would be considered abuse from human to human. That would be considered control and abuse. And obviously we all, and I believe this from all pet parents, even the least informed are always trying to do their best, but they're misinformed. So they don't understand all of the ways that they are somewhat imposing on their pet, right? Imposing their desires and their needs on a sentient being that is not necessarily going to cave in just that easily. So exactly. tell me what veterinarians think about the use of herbs and these modalities that you, that you use in a holistic way. Yeah. So I can't speak for vets, you know, and what I, what frustrates me is when there's sometimes like an us and them, you know, for me, it's mm-hmm. all about holistic. It's all about us together. Correct. You know, let's all work together. So what I can share is my experience. I've had a vet laugh at me. You know, I've had a vet raise eyebrows at me, roll their eyes at me. And I've also had a vet that was like, 
oh my god that's fascinating I've never heard of it tell me more mm-hmm. you know so I've literally had you know kind of both ends of the spectrum so mm-hmm. I would like to think that more vets are again waking up they are becoming aware of and potentially considering the benefits of complementary and alternative treatments now not every vet is like that you know there are but then that's like humans you know no matter what topic you're talking about there'll always be those that are for and those that are against right but for me we have an opportunity to really educate and support each other you know so I I don't know the intricacies of the nervous system you know the names of all the nerves the vet does so let's work together. Let's work together for the benefit of our cats so that, you know, you can they can provide the physical information. You know, if my cat's got a broken leg, I'm going to my vet. You know, I, right. I am pro vet. I love my vet. Right. But if my cat's dealing with anxiety, a tablet isn't necessarily going to help. Let's look at where that anxiety is coming from. Let's treat the let's look at the cause, not just treat the symptoms. So, you know, for me, I know some people will vet bash I'm not in that camp you know Mm -hmm. and then I know some people who are really pro vet and I and I am you know I think that we've all got a place and we're all trying to help and what works for one person or one cat may or may not work for another so let's be open-minded and have that discussion about how can you help me how can you help my cat because I'm not going to be for everyone you know but I know that the people I have helped you know we've made a tremendous difference to them and their cats and that's what really warms my heart so I work really closely with my vet and I'm very honest. And what I would encourage anyone to find a bit of strength is to ask questions. You know, it's to really ask questions because if your vet's closed down to things you want to explore, get a second opinion. And at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, we are the guardians for our cats. So we have the final say. They They are ours. Absolutely. We have to advocate for them, ask all the questions, dig a little deeper. And remember that veterinarians, a lot of the times they have experience with the pet parent that didn't do his research or her research, gave the cat or the dog too much of this herb or essential oil. The animal had a reaction and went to the vet in dire straits. And now the veterinarian may just be resistant to any of these things because of the exceptions to the rule that they've seen, the extreme situations they've seen. So it should be a collaborative process where you say, this is where veterinarian, doctor, this is where I get my information. This is the book. Here's the book. Are you willing to read the book? Are you willing to discuss what I've been doing and who I spoke to and what has worked and, and my results? Because if they see that somebody that is taking the time and doing their due diligence is trying this with success, I feel like they'll be more open to learning more than somebody who's like, I washed my dog with tea tree oil. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And, and actually like, let's, you know, say to you, let's learn together, you know, and you, and you're right. They have a scientific, you know, a lot of them have that scientific Mm -hmm. brain to go there with facts and information. You know, my cat did this, I, you know, I did this and this was then what happened, you know, and, and like you said, have those open conversations. That's the most important thing. And if you're working with a complimentary or, or alternative practitioner, anyone worth their weight should be happy to communicate and to correspond with your vet. So, you know, everybody should be working together for the benefit of the cat. So I've had to give notes to vets. I've had to speak to vets, you know, and and yet there are some pet parents and um, cat guardians who do it without speaking to their vet because they're not getting a good, they've not got a good relationship, you know, and, you know, with some complementary practices that's exactly what it's complementary it's in addition to veterinary care you know it's not a replacement for it so you know that like I said there's pros and cons for all of it but 
be confident in who you are as a cat mum or a cat dad. Find the strength to ask the questions, give them the information that you've got and hope that they're open minded or that they're willing to learn and go on the journey with you as you both help your cat. Or find a veterinarian that's more open-minded. I, we're a military family. My dogs have had maybe 10 vets because we've moved so much over the years. Yeah. And there have always been vets that were more by the book, more scientific, more like, oh, yeah. you know, this is the vaccine schedule that I need to follow, that you have to follow. And then there were veterinarians who were like, here's a nutraceutical to support your dog's liver, right? So like yeah. Yeah. always there's a gamut and you need to find any doctor, any medical provider that is in line with your priorities as you would do with you, your kids, your pets, anyone. So tell me, how can our audience find out more about you specifically if they would love to follow you or work with you directly? I've got a website. I'm based in the UK, but I do online consults. So I've got clients in Costa Rica and the US, you know, and Ireland everywhere. So um, you can find me at naturallycats, www.naturallycats.co.uk. My services are there, information about me. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. And I post some of my webinar replays on YouTube as well. So um, you can find me a little bit on social media. Awesome. Well, I just want to propose a toast to you for taking the time to chat with me. I have so enjoyed our conversation and I wish you nothing but success in reaching all these cat parents that I'm sure will benefit immensely from your services. So cheers. Thank you. Thank you, Isabel. It's been wonderful. And I really hope people have enjoyed the show. Thank you for having me. I'm sure they have. If they've enjoyed it half as much as I have, they've enjoyed it plenty. (laughs) (laughs) I also want to propose a toast to our executive producer, Mark Winter. Thank you, Mark. And to our audience, thank you for joining me for one more show about my love of pets and sharing this love with me. Here's to a life covered in pet hair because there's no better way to live. Cheers. Absolutely. Cheers. To learn more about Covered in Pet Hair, please visit CoveredInPetHair.com or PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for watching and we'll see you next time. Let's Talk Pets every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.